Did the nice lady talk to you too and give you the instructions for the podcast? Um, no, I just got very soothing music. Um, oh no, I got, I got a very nice lady telling me that I'm about to engage in a podcast and I, sh- if I'm uncomfortable, I should hang up right now. <laughs> that is not the way I wanted to start off this podcast. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the independent podcast. I'm here with my, um, I guess co-host at this point, Yell Chaos, um, say hello <laughs> hello to the nice people and how's everybody this evening if afternoon good morning whatever the case might be yeah uh, ring the fucking bell what are we doing i don't know i don't fucking i don't know man okay well while i'm struggling over here to you know maintain my artistry um since on the topic of pro wrestling because that's why the people came here they came to hear two people who have no fucking idea what they're talking about rattle on about things they don't know about so that's exactly what we're gonna do Friends, fans, listeners, my dear listener, I want to tell you all about an experience that I had just recently. Something um, in, in, in pro wrestling, it's harder and harder these days to find new experiences. Um, you've seen it. You've seen the pinfall victory. You've seen the dusty finish. Very little surprises us anymore. Why do we stick around? No fucking clue. But I did something brand new something that i'd never done before something i'd want to do for many years and i attended the i think it was the 53rd annual cauliflower alley club reunion over there in las vegas nevada and it was a very interesting time mm. and 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 uh you know i'm open to questions if uh, if uh, there are any any arise on your end but i want to say that this is something i've always wanted to do because if you don't know the cauliflower alley club is a I'm not going to call them a fantastic organization, but a, uh, a um, an organization of people who intend to do well, uh, a bunch of uh, former wrestlers and um, well-wishers, and they're essentially a charity organization, and it, it, to break it down really simply, they are the people that if you're an old worker, you're an old wrestler, and you can't wrestle anymore, and you weren't a fucking prick to everybody, and you people know who I'm talking about. Um, then they're going to reach out and try and help you with work or whatever. For those guys who can't take bumps anymore, you know, help them do well. I know they've um, helped out uh, to drop names, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, during, uh, you know, his his troubles, um, and a number of other people uh, who I won't name just now. But I got to go to this thing. I got to head out to uh, the fabulous, and uh, I'm using that term very loosely, um, fabulous like the Thunderbirds, in that I mean overweight and hairy. But... The fabulous <laughs> Gold Coast Casino in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. And, and, and you know what? It was, it was a real good time. I got to tell you, drove up there on a Sunday, which I got to tell you, being here in Southern California, having a chance to drive up to Nevada on a Sunday and seeing all of the traffic going back in the other direction. Ha ha, motherfuckers. Now, you know what my life is like every single day. It was nice to see the traffic going in the opposing direction. Wide open for me getting into Nevada. Got down there. Now, I got to experience two, I was going to say great, but I'll say uh, competent nights of independent <laughs> professional wrestling there at the uh, Nevada Ballroom in, oh, no. uh, in the Gold Coast. And uh, ha- had a pretty good, pretty good time. If I could walk you through, uh, I'm, I'll try and get through it as, as quickly as I possibly can because it's uh, probably largely boring to someone who was not me. So um, made the drive up uh, Sunday, got there on Sunday, loaded in, and went to the first night show. Now, mind you, the first two nights of, of the convention mm. um, or, or reunion is uh, two, two shows back-to-back. They are a joint promotion of 
Big Valley Wrestling, Alpha Omega Wrestling, I think, Adrenaline Unleashed Pro Wrestling, and a, a lot of the um, uh, Central California, Southern Nevada, and Southern Utah promotions. So, um, question, real quick. Um, Answer. So, this is not Las Vegas, Nevada, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, was Future Stars of Wrestling ever... Um... I know that they were involved somehow. Um, but it was not their ring, and I'm not familiar with their personnel because they seem to be quite what they claim to be, where it's sort of a transitional place. I don't want to cast aspersions or anything, with, but yeah. um, I understand that some people were there, but I couldn't pick them out by face or by name. Yeah. Is that so, all? Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Conley. Um, And I got to, got to enjoy night one, a, a pretty decent night of pro wrestling. Got to see... Um, Got to see some ladies out there wrestling, and uh, you know all the women they dress like whores on the independent scene. <laughs> um, because, and let's face it, oh. um, it's because I don't know they didn't get enough attention in high school, and so they need to hike their tights up their ass or something. I have photos to prove this. I really do. I'm not going to name names, but um, one girl who was there uh, in her social media presentation versus seeing her live in person performing. She is definitely a beneficiary of the power of angles and photography. Mm-hmm. So not quite what I expected, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a date meetup on plentyoffish.com or something like that. Oh God. But uh, <laughs> God, if, if you get my vibe, the but references. One, they one thing that I thought was really interesting was to see uh, an indie. It wasn't really an indie show because, you know, there's the old timers are there and a really mixed audience, young kids, not as much, but still some, a lot of the wrestlers' friends and, and spouses, obviously. A lot of old-timers. A lot of old-time wrestlers that I, that I recognize. You know, guys that maybe not were tremendous successes, but a few faces I recognize. It was not your typical indie audience. Mm. By that, I mean, every time you get these jack-offs to get the fucking chants going, which makes it look like, you know... It, the typical it, it clap. It's, you, you know what I'm talking about? This, this, uh, this comic book convention bullshit. You know, these, these really simple... It's like going to a cheer off, you know. Something's awesome. And it's it's fucking annoying, and I hate it. My my biggest pet peeve is um two things as far as uh, as what you just mentioned. The start either either um I've seen people in a headlock or in a hold do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, guys, R- rile me up. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not cutting off your air supply or anything. <laughs> and then um. Middle of the match. Middle of the match. I understand if... uh, Let me reiterate. I understand if you do it once, right, in the start of the match, dead crowd, gotcha. But if every match fucking does it, it gets fucking annoying, and it's pissing me off. Well, that has has to do with the lack of a strong booker in (laughs) any particular territory, because that means that people are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And there was quite a bit of this on, on this particular show. Not as much as I expected, which was nice. And again, um, just a real gr- interesting mix of talent on the show. But one thing I noticed, this was not a, all the typical indie wrestling tricks, the, the clapping and the this is awesome, didn't work. And that, while it to the untrained ear and the untrained eye would appear to be a dead crowd, this was... They, they popped for the exciting things. Mm. You know, they, they didn't they didn't pop for the chain wrestling, which you're not supposed to. 
That's the something I always find funny is when you get these long wrestling chains that only fucking wrestling fans are following, and then you got nine guys in the front who paid extra to sit in the front like fucking marks they are and applaud fucking hammerlocks. <laughs> like I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong, I love a good hammerlock. Okay, but I'm gonna pop for a fucking you know tall hip toss before I'm gonna go for all of that bullshit. Even yeah, though I know what it is. Yeah, but it was it, it was very refreshing. Every be, crowd. Every crowd is not an ECW crowd. I got you. Oh well, ECW they're they're just chanting for concussions. I don't. I always find it funny when people want to work that style. Like you know, they're they're hoping you'll really get hurt. That's what they're after. It's like you're you're trying to save bloodlust, but that's something else. <laughs> In any right. event, it was very very refreshing to not be amongst that kind of audience. One thing I did notice though, and and. Uh, and Rob, if you want to help me out with this, and if you, if, from your experience, because one thing I've noticed is I thought that, you know, this stuff would vary from town to town, mm. but apparently not. All the same indie wrestling stupid shit goes on coast to coast, Oh, is remarkable. You know, I, I have to say that's, that's quite remarkable. Goes to show that humans don't have that much, uh, you know, emotional latitude or longitude, but, you know, then you still get what's good or evil. Mm. Um <laughs> But it was it was very refreshing. One thing I noticed though was there were some kids behind me. Now me, I am an announcing stickler. Did you know that about me? Um, I I kind of could pick it up. Uh, <laughs> Did you gather that? Yeah, because when yeah. people require accuracy, they call me in and I stickle. That's what I do. I'm a stickling <laughs> kind of person. And so I'm of the mind that if you are going to tell your friends about pro wrestling yeah. and talk about pro wrestling, you should know what the moves are called. Okay, because I've noticed that in in the last God fifteen years, anytime someone gets a, a lock underneath the chin, oh, it's a stunner. Everything is a stunner. Every last goddamn thing. He told Girlfriend. me about this one. There's this one kid wrestling, and I can't remember his name. I just remember that he had tits. Jesus, like he wasn't he wasn't a fat kid or anything. Simon Simon Gotch? No, 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 sir. No, no. He was uh, <laughs> he was he was from Big Valley Pro Wrestling. So I can't remember I've his name. But um, uh, the kid, but he, he like, I know I can tell he wanted to have pectoral muscles, but they yeah. were tits, you know, yeah. and, and they were kind of pointy, you know, AKA. and it just, it didn't do it for me. I guess that's what I'm getting at is I was not turned on. So therefore this match was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, chaos. But, uh, the entire yeah. chat is nicknaming you the stickler now. So like, well, that's right. That's I, am, I am the pro wrestling stickler and that's why I stickle and show on. Yeah. It's your new name. But. Uh, anyway, apparently this cat has this move where he does uh, uh, over the top rope. So every, every single time he goes over the top rope uh-huh. from the outside of the apron into the ring, over the top rope, does a somersault into a stunner. That's what I'm hearing from these two fat kids who are behind me. <laughs> and, and and now, mind you, I can tell that they watch these guys wrestle a lot because they have their chance. Like there's a... Um, there's a, 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 a manager there, and he calls himself Tum Iguchi, I want what? to say. What the f- Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> what the f- and these kids back here are, I assume, taunting him. Now, they used to taunt Bobby Heenan by saying weasel and things, but they're yeah. just repeating his name over and again. Gucci! Gucci! Like, every seven seconds. And these guys are like two chairs <laughs> over. Gucci! And now, mind you, we're in a ballroom, so I can hear him back. Gucci! You know, it's all over the fucking place. Oh, my God. And, but I hear them talking about this. I oh. see the move in question. Like, I was able to pick out the spot. Like, okay, here it comes. And I see him come over the top, and he 
does the somersault and catches the dude's chin and comes down on his shoulder. I'm like, that's not a stunner. That's a gourd buster. Oh, and oh I, I, I swing over oh. and I says, and I, of hmm? course, this, of course, the stickler himself. Sure, sure. And I, and I swing over the... and I say, that's not a stunner. That's a gourd buster. And these guys <laughs> stared at me like, like there was raw sewage pouring from my face. Like we, you're a you're a stranger. You're you're talking, and then I I I don't I, I don't know what to do. And I tried to engage them because I thought that's what pro wrestling fans like to do. I thought they like to talk about wrestling. But apparently, they just want to be smart asses with their friends, and then go turn on the faucets and leave them on in the bathroom and push each other into the bushes. Apparently, that's that's what they oh. want to do. And so I'm sitting through all of this, and. Then, you know, some of the guys who wrestled down here in California, I got to see them. Uh, Sin Bodhi, yeah. one of the guys who wrestled that night. Um, another oh guy, Jude. One, hmm? cra- one of the craziest dudes I've ever you know, met in my um, entire life. It, 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 on, <laughs> as an aside, Sin Bodhi, I, I, uh, I, I almost bumped into him in the pisser, actually. And oh, you God. want to talk about, I mean, that's this was, this was, place. that's why I didn't go and tell, like, try and shake his hand and say all these things. That's the worst fucking possible time to bring up anything. Adolf Hitler. What a legend, man. Gadoff Hitler. <laughs> Proud of his promotion. But probably the best shit I've ever I, you seen. You know, in life. I, I, it's not going to draw big dollars, but I mean, if I ever get a chance to talk to him, and I hope I do, I want to tell him I think he's something that's really good for business because he's something different. Um, and if he, if he can sell a bunch of t shirts, good for him. I don't think they're going to have him in NXT or on the WWF anytime soon. In fact, I think he's kind of an older guy. I think he might be an older guy. I think uh, he's in his, in his mid 30s by now. Yeah. yeah. Uh quoting you by that. I'm gonna quote that. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Bodie, best for business, ladies uh, and gentlemen. You know, um Jim Cornette, you know nothing. Sim Bodie is the savior of professional uh on on he could very well be, you know. He's um he's got a lot of ideas. Oh, he's man. making it weird and um, you know oh, he he drops oh, the man. elbow, I... the weird elbow on the people. And, and oh. they seem to go for it. But uh, and then another guy who wrestles down here, uh, Judiz, who, uh, Judiz. who who wrestles around here, did, no. did some work, and it was nice to see those guys. And um, it was really cool. And then the next day, I woke up because I'm in the desert. I feel like shit, so I got to kind of snap out of it and went about my day. And uh, got to see the mm. got to see the mall over there in Las Vegas, and uh, I I was shocked to see a mall with people in it. This was genuinely shocking to me. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, folks, and they were they were walking, and they, some of them had bags, and they were eating shit. It was like, I felt like I went in like in a time machine back to a bygone era. You know, it was it was interesting. Anyway, what you mean? Hmm? You mean early two thousands? Hmm? Oh, for <laughs> everyone. Back that, I mean, there were people, and they looked happy, which is they looked they, happy. They, look, they were happy to be throwing away their fucking money. You know, them and their wow. distressed jeans. They they were having a wonderful time. Were they wearing like old jeans, like like jeans? No, 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 no. They were they, no, no. What they did is they went to the with store. Somebody, t-shirts. somebody bought some jeans and tore holes in them, and then sold them for a hundred dollars. And these fucking marks bought them. That's fucking yeah. It's, it's it's fantastic. I'm, they were in the windows and everything. I'm thank you for telling yeah, yeah. This now I can make fucking hundred bucks. You could. In fact, pro wrestlers, if you want a gimmick that's going to sell some money, distressed jeans will fucking do it. And and if they don't sell, hang on to them in about. 15 years they'll sell again because the distressed gene thing has come around quite a few times anyway so after all of that i was late to the matches to get for the second night and i jam all the way up there and i'm staying in the hotel and i'm still late 
and I run my ass in there and get in the back. And I came in through the back door because uh, somebody there told me, you know, you go in through the back door and you can get in early. It didn't matter anyway. But I'm watching <clears> the matches <throat> and, and over my over my shoulder, I hear some people. And they're telling me that the title matches that they have on these cards, because they're largely an exhibition showing, the titles never change hands. And I naturally, anytime you go to a show, like, for instance, Robert, I'm sure you've seen this. A wrestling show for someone's birthday. They have this now. To work. Oh no! Do, do they have that in Florida? That's the funny thing is the funny thing is real quick. Um, they're I'm not I'm not going to say the promotion because I'm working, <laughs> but they're opening. He's not um, going to bury the boss. But yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but they're doing a wrestling summer camp. Wrestling summer camp for ages six. To 15. Okay, so get dropped Think on your that. head before your brain's finished developing. I like it. Yeah, I love I mean, it, man. You know, this is going to be a whole brand Wrestling new age of workers. You're going to have these guys setting themselves on fire on a scaffold, and they're going to make $6 to do it. We, I, I've seen I've seen two whales get married in a ring, if that makes any sense. If would I, would, if you if you're picking up Are you I'm talking about down. the guy that like with Candice LeRae and the grabbing his dick, or is that a different something? No, 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 no. So basically, um, down here in the good old Florida, where we can make money out of literally anything, um, two uh, fans um, rented a ring, which is at the place I used to train at, mm-hmm. and they got married in it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, now, as an aside, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up the, the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club in a second. Um, did they, was this, how many rings does the promotion have? Just the one? Just one. Just, just the one. Just so the this one. is the ring that everyone trains in. The trains. This is the show that they have the wrestling shows same in. Same ring. Same ring. This same is the ring that they have ring. the backyard shows in. Yeah. I, don't ask me, man, because, listen, I'm, again, not going to say promotion, but um, they're, uh, I guess they're, they're moving truck mm-hmm. where they have all the supplies for the ring and yeah. stuff like that. The roof is torn off. That's it. natural. That's, don't, <laughs> no, 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 don't. You know, that's that's very typical. Um, As a matter of fact, that's yeah. a pretty rich promotion if you think about it. And, like, it's the same ring. Training, working, marriages, live orgies, who knows? So yeah, like, well, that's... They've that, had... That's the funny thing. Is those, people, matches. those people looked at that ring where a bunch of sweaty men have been putting their butts and their balls and rolling around and getting their armpits all over it. And people said, I want to be married there. I want all their bodily fluids. I want right all of that. Kneecap. I want to wear my nice shoes on where, and, and don't forget people get color and bleed all over that mat too. So nothing says oh, oh. I love you quite like bodily The best fluids. part, the best part is he, <laughs> oh man, this just makes me try to find my will to live whenever I tell this. Um, this guy, as soon as he, as soon as the beautiful kiss happened, took a bump. Didn't even know how to take a bump. He just took one, and um, concussion. I, yeah, uh, I wish. <laughs> I really wish. It took him about six minutes to get up, but um, he did it. Did, a, did his first first bump, I guess. Uh, clearly, never saw him again. Never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, the funny thing is, I heard they got divorced. Just fucking hilarious. Uh, well, did they get divorced in an octagon? Because that would have made the whole package. Oh my god! No, just imagine, just imagine, 
fucking they got like you, you know you see the judge you are now officially divorced divorce just the 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 wife just haymakers the fat dude it would be great I mean, that, like, like what, what? What is your evidence for a divorce? And then just show them the pictures of them getting married in a fucking wrestling ring. It's like, case dismissed. Get the fuck out of my sight. <laughs> You're gonna pay oh, child God. support. We don't have any children. I don't give a shit. You are gonna pay for this, Mister. Get Ladies, in the wrestling ladies ring. and gentlemen, the new the new stipulation for the newest indie promotion. Um, <laughs> whoever whoever wins does not have to pay child support. Oh yeah. man, that that sounds like child support on a pole match. That sounds like an impact Abbott. angle. You should get a job there, dude. Man, I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to call. My I know. Number. Well, you know, I mean, they called Vince Russo like two or three times, so you've got at least a shot. Oh my god! But anyway, and the funny thing is, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, on. yeah. But but right. back to Las Vegas. Meanwhile, in Las Vegas, um, I make it into the show, <laughs> and and I'm against. <laughs> Seeing, you know, different people this time. So it's, you know, some more old timers. People are finally coming in for the thing. And so the second night was different than the first night. You know, different people. Even though people are still hoarse from the night before. And again, I I had been overhearing that uh, the titles didn't change hands on these shows. Just for obvious reasons, you know, to not complicate booking. Which totally makes sense. And they had a match for... I don't want, okay, I have it in front of me, but I don't want to name names. I don't want to bury anybody, make somebody look like shit. And I'm not going to name well, the promotion or the belt. But it was a very silly sounding belt, first and foremost. I, I want that to be made clear. So mm. I, I, my, no matter what happened to this belt, I, my feelings were not really going to be hurt. The, the supercharged triple threat tag team intergender world Something like that. But they were two blokes. Two <laughs> fellas were, were wrestling this out. Imagine that. A, re- a wrestling match involving two people of the same sex. I love it. Wow. Yeah, it's like almost like a goddamn sport or something. So <laughs> the match is going on, and the match is – it's kind of this shit. Because you've got this kid who is like – he's just bouncing like – you know, he's, he's, he's bumping like a fucking pinball. He's over here. He's over there. Bing, bang, bong. Ping, bang, bong. And then there's this guy who's wearing this – He's got tights on, you know, he's got his outfit. He's got the long pants outfit with the, with the, with the singlet top, you know, the Bret Hart deal, but he looks yeah, like, yeah. you ever seen a ballpoint pen with a big bulge in the middle? Cause it was in a hot car or something. That's yeah. what he looks like. He looks, oh, he just got no. a big bulge in the middle. Like, so those tights probably fit him really well about 30 pounds ago. And then he got married wow. and had a kid and has been eating graham crackers for the last nine months. Wow. So now 30, he looks like that. 30. So it's basically like I can I feel like it's an it's a worn out vet that's trying to regain his good his good years. His I, I, quote think, unquote I, good I think year. he was a guy who was probably indie hot shit in his promotion like three or four years ago, and then they just drug him back. But picture Jim Neidhart wearing Bret Hart's outfit. Oh, see, oh, you know, it's like close oh. with no cigar. <laughs> in any event, so he's I'm watching all of this, and the 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 skinnier guy who's bumping all over the place and just getting this shit knocked out. And mind you, this is the champion. I'm supposed to respect this guy, but he's getting bumped around and thrown around and going over here and going over there and going out to the floor. And just, it looks like hell because clearly they sat and they plotted this whole thing out and, you know, wrote it down regardless of what the people were cheering for. Cause no one was popping for any of this. This kid goes off the top rope, throws a missile drop kick from the top rope and completely misses his target and lands right on the forearm. And apparently snapped Fuck. the forearm in two. 
Oh, fuck. And, I, okay, so wait. So did he land – which type of drop kick are we – are we talking about the Daniel Bryan where he just takes a back bump? No, the, no. I, I, I get the idea that this was supposed to be the two-footed missile drop kick to where when you – when you God hit damn. your opponent in the shoulder, God. they're going to absorb a lot of God. the energy, and then you can neatly God. and you can take a back bump and neatly land on your butt. That's did yeah. not what happened here. He got turned around like a corkscrew and landed on his face right on his right or his left forearm. So he so oh, his, his like, rib cage yeah, and I can landed imagine. directly on his left forearm. And he's not a muscular dude. He's a kind of a skinny fella. So how he got to be the champ in the first place, I don't know. Uh, uh, one, three, but he begins to one, two, three. He because he, he's not getting up like, uh oh, immediately. I know something's wrong because this guy's been getting up way too fast the whole match. He's just he's taking the bump and then getting right back to his feet, and now he's not getting up and he's starting to wail a little bit. Kind of the oh no, oh no, which I've heard that I've heard kids get hurt skateboarding and they make that same sound, they make that very same sound, oh. and he's oh no, and all this stuff, and he's like. And I can hear him wailing to the referee, like the referee's an official. He's like, he's like, it's it's broken, it's broke. I can't, I can't. Like he he can't even form a sentence. He's starting to freak. So they bring the house doc in, and everyone they they throw the you know the double arm X, which means legitimate injury. For those of you who don't know, if you've never, hopefully you've never had to see that in a wrestling show. When they see, you've, I you've have seen that. okay, so legitimate I, injury, which means that you have people funny, do, funny. Yeah. No, say, which means going, you have people going. doing things that they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is about that, not to cut you off, but the funny thing is about that, that a couple of weeks ago at the very same Miami promotion, um, uh, that happened in, I, I won their, um, I guess, I, guess uh, I won their Battle mm-hmm. Royal. It was like their first inaugural, mm-hmm. and one of the, it was an intergender Battle Royal, and um, one of the women, um, I, would, I did a crossbody, 265, 200 and whatever pounds, catch me. They turn around, drop kick by the mm-hmm. woman. And the woman, uh, the woman was like, "Oh, my stomach. Um, I'll be fine." And I'm like, "Are you sure? I'd prefer you to land on your back because it's much safer." She's like, "No, I got it." And keep in mind, this woman's maybe like 120 mm-hmm. at the most. So you got me. I'm about 160, 157, um, two um, two six five. 258 pound men carrying me and then this small girl drop kicking and we're they're supposed to fall down and i cross body them essentially so basically just imagine this girl drop kicking a brick wall and just fucking ricocheting off the brick wall naturally and this girl knocks herself clean and i didn't see it I had no idea because I was falling down with the dudes. So I walk over, and we're about to do this spot, and I, she's just ragdolling. She's just – I pick, keep picking her up, and I, I check. Luckily, my two aunts are one, – one's a doctor and one's a nurse. So mm-hmm. I check her pulse. All right. She is, her heart beats very slow. I check her neck. It's swelling. So I look over at the referees to see if they know what the fuck's going on, and they, they're just like – they're just sitting there like everything's going all right. And I'm just picking up this fucking ragdoll woman. She's <laughs> down. And just like, what the f-? I put up the X and they're like, oh, shit. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, you, I'm picked, like, she is ragdoll. This girl's like 23, 24. 
He's ragdolling. I'm like, I'm checking their pulse and I'm looking at the referees thinking that they know what they're doing. No, I had to put up the X for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go, go ahead. But that just, I, it just really pisses me off when someone's in a referee position. They have no, no idea what the fuck they're doing. Well, the, well good referees. Think, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, referees do that begrudgingly because they thought they were going to be a fucking pro wrestler, and then some promoter told them otherwise, and now they just accept that lot in life. But never mind. Let's not worry about their psychosis. God. So and the thing is, yeah. Go on. Go on. Yeah. So, so this nice fella comes off, misses his spot, lands on the forearm, breaks the forearm. House Doc Jesus. comes over and says, "Yeah, that shit. That fucker's broken. Just period. Like this kid ain't gonna wrestle for a long time." So the announcer gets on after <laughs> after all this hullabaloo. The announcer gets on and tells everybody that he can no longer defend. Now I figure they call it a no contest. Just get it out of there. Like we'll figure this out later. But right there in the middle of the ring, fucking this guy is forfeiting this title. So you're winning wow. by forfeiture and new champion. And of course, you can't really cheer that because it's like, oh man, this guy's gonna have doctor bills for fucking a year and a half. But yeah. Um. So one thing I will say, and it's when I said that you never have new experience in pro wrestling. I have never, ever in my entire life. I've been watching pro wrestling for quite some time seen a title change hands by forfeiture. I've never seen that happen. And I was glad to get to see it. Uh, it's unfortunate that people are doing things. That they don't fucking know what they're doing, especially when they're doing it at a charity show for no goddamn money. This dude has a broken arm at a charity show for no goddamn money. So there's that. Wow. With that having been said, we moved on to the rest of the show where Sam Houston and his friends, one guy who looked like a, a native American, um, they, so Sam Houston, the cowboy and the native American cowboys and Indians, ha ha ha. And they come out with some other heel team that is, uh, managed by Kevin Sullivan, the taskmaster of the dungeon. of hey. And it was Love. really, I, I was, I was very cheerful. And I said, Ke- Kevin Sullivan, I hope he does something terrible. You know, I was just, I hope he nearly kills somebody. <laughs> yes. Yeah, something like that, you know? And he was around, and he was being a son of a bitch, and everything was working out. The match was, it was okay, you know, for dealing with some older guys. It was all right. And then there was a four-way tag match involving a bunch of cats that I'd never heard of and Kikutaro, if you know Kikutaro. I love Kikutaro that is the one guy who has managed to be the most outlandish comedy-type professional wrestler while never letting on that he is faking. It because he wears the mask, you, there's no smiling. It's just, I've never seen someone, I've never been able to root for someone kicking someone in the nuts until I saw Kikutaro. So he, he's, he's a genius. He does, he does some great work. If you don't like funny wrestling, he, he, and he, he's been around for, for quite a while some time. I, I've been familiar with him for quite a while. And now he's kind of touring around because there's, you know, the indie promotions will pay for him. And that's cool. I'm very excited to see that. So there was that, and then there was a battle royal, and then they had a very nice uh, thing for all the wrestlers that had passed away in the last year. I didn't know Lance Russell yeah. uh, had passed away. and No, really? I, I didn't know that. What? And so I, I, wow, I, I, didn't know I that. felt really out of the loop on that, so I, I, I was ashamed. But then they did a very nice thing for Bruno San Martino and a very nice thing for Bobby Heenan, and uh, there was some mm. tears. So, um, you know, so everybody was a bunch of bitches. But, you know, <laughs> and it, it was... Real quick, I think we're gonna go longer, so don't even worry. And it was it was it was a really nice one, so that that was real special. Um, 
Yeah. And then unfortunately I had to get the hell out of town. So, because I couldn't get the necessary time off for the rest of the convention, I was really bummed out about that, but um, it's a really good cause. They do a lot of great things, but right after the show, I ran down, I'm fucking starved. I haven't eaten all day. I go down and there's a guy that I used to know called the human tornado. Yeah. I saw the human tornado and (laughs) tornadoes just fucking sucking on his weed pen right in the middle of a casino, just in front of God and everybody. You know, just just letting it go. And I walk up to him and I'm like, hey, man, you know, how you doing? He's like, you know, what's up? You know, I don't think he remembered me. Don't give a shit. But it was nice to see him. I walk past him. The only real restaurant that you can really eat at is a TGI Fridays in the Gold Coast because, you know, everything else is awful. Um, But in any event, so I get over there and the whole fucking bar at TGI Fridays is just full of old wrestlers. Being rowdy mm. and pounding on the bars, like God damn! And I look over, and at the corner of my eye, I see Gerald Briscoe. And I said, "Holy smoke!" And I look over, and I see Tony Gurria. And I said, "Holy smoke!" Wow. And then come around yeah. the front of the building, JJ <laughs> Dillon comes up, like, "What is going on?" And I was suddenly excited, like, "Holy smoke!" I, I I'd never seen all these people, you know, all together before, and this was really wild. And it takes me like half an hour to get into this restaurant. Because I'm just, all the tables are full. So the one kid finally comes around. He says, sir, I'll, I can take you in this side. He says, do you mind sitting in the bar? Now, mind you, all the wrestlers are sitting in the bar. He's like, of course I'll sit in the fucking bar. Are you crazy? Now, he doesn't know that because he's just working. And he brings uh-huh. me around the corner. And he says, I'm so sorry about this. We're a little more you know, busy than usual. And he runs me right into Kevin Sullivan. I bump chest with Kevin. Now, there's a bit of a height difference between myself and Kevin Sullivan. Um, I, I won't elaborate, but... He runs me right into Kevin Sullivan. Now, part of me wants to say, Taskmaster, you know, and all that stuff. And you know, I, mean, I, was just, I was starting to trip over. So like, this is fucking wild. And, and now, mind you, to this kid, I just ran. He run me into some old man. But like, it's just, it's special. So then he finds me a table. And I see, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with a wrestler from WCW. Uh, her name was uh, Bambi. I can't remember her, her real name. But yeah. uh, Bambi standing around, you know, drinking beers and fucking yeah, great. a bunch of lady wrestlers hanging around. And I'm ordering my meal. And before my meal gets there, Rob Van Dam is standing right next to me. It's like, <laughs> whoa. And he reeks of weed. Reeks of weed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he was having a good time. He's like, what's up? You know, like he does. Dude, you, that dude can't wrestle without him being hot. Uh, you, you know, know I... I <laughs> I am convinced that that's what keeps the wrestling business on track is Rob Van Dam's highness. So then I think it was Bambi that put him in a headlock and he gives her the atomic drop right in the middle of a fucking crowded restaurant. And the place like shakes and the people behind the bar are terrified. And I'm just sitting there like, this is fucking great. Don't <laughs> so sit there and do it all this shit. And uh, I finished my meal and, you know, they're scrambling around because they're trying to keep up with all these fucking wrestlers who are yelling and talking about shit. And it's it's really quite stupendous. And I thought it was great. Anyway, I had to get out of town. So I ran upstairs, got everything I didn't need, it loaded back in the car. And then I went to bed. Of course, I couldn't go to bed till like three o'clock in the morning because they put me on the third floor, which is right near. And they put me right near, I guess, the back door to one of the maintenance rooms. So I hear this fucking Mexican music until like three o'clock and we're dun, 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 and dudes cursing at each other in Spanish. It's like, I got to get up and leave, you know? So, All right. So I, do you know it was cursing or is it was just, no, no, it was definitely an argument. 
No, I heard some speeches, some shingle out, and you know, blah, 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 and all that. So I was like, "Oh, that's an argument." <laughs> so I finally zonk out, and I wake up. I, fi- I figured I want to get up at eight. I wake up at seven forty, and I can't sleep anymore. It's like I got to get the fuck out of here. So I, I get everything yeah. all, you know, because it's so dry, and I get everything set up. I pack the bags, I check out of the room, I go run things in the cars. Like I got to get something to eat really quick because you know it's a long drive back to California. So and I'm pissed off. Like fuck, I got to get out of here. And I'm going through the casino where, and I'm just going to go eat at the buffet. And I'm walking down the buffet and I'm just wearing like fucking pajamas. Like I had, I am giving no goddamn, no fucks, no nothing. And I walk around the corner and I run right into fucking Baron Von Raschke. Wow. And, 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 and I, now mind you, I'm still a little sleepy and I can't fucking believe this. Like now, mind you to most people, that's James Raschke, some retired fucking school teacher to me. I mean, that's, Baron with the claw and the manager of the powers of pain and all these things. And I wanted to kneel before him and say, my Baron, but he was with his wife and he, he kind of, I, his, I guess his legs are going bad. So he kind of had a limp going on and I didn't want to bother him, but it was just, my heart was going, you know, I was in full blown, you know, like Mark three mode. It was ridiculous. And then I went into the gold coast buffet and for eight ninety five, I had the worst goddamn breakfast I'd ever had in my life. Absolutely horrible terrible disgusting i said fuck this i'll get some fruit i went over to the fruit the fruit had stickers on it that said for display only and i i said fuck this place and i got the hell out of there and i drove home and the whole time home i said i saw fucking baron von rajki and that was the cauliflower alley club reunion of 2018 and i plan to do it again and again for the rest of my life <laughs> Whoa! Amazing story, and and, and that brings um, and that brings me to another uh, thing. There was a panel there hosted by well, I can't remember the fellow's name, and I feel like a dick that I don't have it in front of me. But um, they were having a panel because uh, they do. It's like a convention, so they have these like discussion panels, and one of them is a comedy show. But this one, the topic was: Is pro wrestling its own worst enemy? And when they announced that in the ring, I said yes. And 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 whoever was in the ring, like, kind of like, was shocked by that. Like, oh goddamn, they're, they're they're talking back. And I didn't get to stay for that. So I hope we get to explore that on our program here over the next coming weeks about pro wrestling being its own worst enemy because there is something in there. There's a joke in there, but there's a lesson to be learned there. But that was that was my experience. We can make it. We can make it a series. Who knows? So um, that took like an entire thirty minutes. So we're just gonna keep it. As long as as long as we need, because I I have nothing to do anyways. Um, I guess um, you you wanted me to talk about my yeah no no yeah. we'll... t- tell me about about your experience because that's something that's going to be a theme on this show is your journey as a professional wrestler. You are how many matches into your career? I am about four, four. matches in. Now four when's your pro- next match? My next match is either June 9th. Um, and, um, June, yeah, I'm trying to think it's June 5th and June 9th. I'm probably going to be my next, next one. Okay. Back to back. That's good. That's good. That'll give you an opportunity to learn from the mistakes you're going to make on the fifth. Yeah. So I buried you um, before the match even one, started. Amazing. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> so, um, so basically, um, 
June 5th is at my home promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and June 9th is going to be at the Miami okay. promotion. And the Miami promotion is actually, I don't, I, I, my Miami promotion is an independent promotion, but it does have a TV deal. It has an international TV deal. And I think it was like what, uh, Santo Domingo, Puerto Rico, uh, uh, I don't know, Haiti. I don't, so I don't know. What you're and telling they have me local. is that you could be a real big star in a bunch of third and fourth world starving countries. Yes. Dude, yes, let me tell you, it worked out real good for the Bee Gees. You should pursue that. Dude, I, I know, man. Like, <laughs> um, as long as you're as long so, as you're willing to use razor blades and set yourself on fire, you could be a star for like ten thousand dollars a year. Dude, man, I could be the fucking news. I could be the uh, fuck. How do, how do I forget a guy like that's name? Um, Abdullah Busher. I can yeah. be the new guy. I can I can literally have six ingrained scars in my in my, my the forehead of my skull. Oh, um, sure, but. <laughs> um, for all for the the fame and legendary of just me cutting myself. Yeah, you um, can be the but, new necro butcher. Yes. Fuck man, they, my favorite match of him was against Joe CZW. I th- it was IWA or CZW, and Joe just beat the living. He, he just shot on him. He just beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> it was funny. Um, but anyways, I guess. So so exactly, what do you want me? Um, I guess to elaborate. On my well, I mean, spirit. first and first and foremost, I mean, I got to know this. What brings you here? What was the catalyst? When did you say, you see this fucking shit? I want to do that. When did you decide that? My thing. All right. So. OK, so basically, when I was a little a little small child and I still am. Um, I'm, I'm, when I'm, I was glad, I'm glad you recognize that on the face. Yes. Um. Um. When I was a small child, um, I used to hang a lot because my mother was still in college. Oh, I well, I, not in college, but she was pursuing um, a master's degree. Mm-hmm. So my, I would always basically live at my grandmother's house, and my, her and I think my, I call I consider him my third grandpa, but he is just another dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think because. My mom's father, I'm not going to get into it, but basically my second grandpa um, was a big fan of AAA. He loved Mexican wrestling. And my grandma loved Eddie Guerrero. So she would have, she had three tapes, Vengeance 2003, SummerSlam 2006, and I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure WrestleMania XX, or something like that. And... Those are the three tapes that were literally my entire childhood. Those three tapes, every single time, I would request those three tapes to be played. At that time, that was the only wrestling I knew. Because mm-hmm. it was... Um, the moment... I, I can tell you, the moment that got me to be like, this is my favorite thing. Not, it's not the moment that I decided I want to be a professional wrestler, but it was the moment that made my made me become a fan and, and may, it was the moment that made me be that made me intrigued to professional wrestling was Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero and Benoit had Eddie Guerrero in the cross face and it was just this beautiful shot of the ref being down Eddie tapping out to the cross face 
and Benoit just locking it in like it's no one's business. And that that specific shot just got me hooked. And for a long time, I didn't know that there was other wrestling besides this. I thought it was just those three tapes. That's it. I would only get to see wrestling at my grandma's. And one day I was flipping through the channels. I was tired of watching SpongeBob, tired of watching, you know, Billy and Mandy, you know. And I see on True TV, Superstars, 2000, 2009, I think, where Undertaker was on that shit every week. Fucking Rey Mysterio wouldn't, I don't, I don't fucking know, Edge, Edge, Edge was one of the dudes that was on there. Um, ever, that, I found, I finally found, whoa, there's wrestling on my fucking TV, holy shit. <laughs> so I watched that for every single week, every single fucking week. I even remember Saturday Morning Slam. Looking back, that was the worst shit I've ever watched in my life. I don't um, know, man. I lived through 90s WWF, so I, I insist that there is worse. And um, <laughs> I don't think there was punching. Punching was not allowed because it was on four kids. Punching was not allowed. You could not punch um, on Saturday morning slam. Great rules. Great rules. Um, but that, <laughs> that was um, – that was that was almost the start, but the thing I can't really right now I can't really pinpoint. But the thing that got me so committed to the point where I was like, I need to do this. Most likely because at every other sport, <clears throat> basketball I fucking hated it. Um, I was the shortest kid on the team, five five fucking what? I was like five two. <laughs> that lucky three pointer that nobody passed to unless they knew they were fucked. Um, well, that only uh, happens dad, on the Disney Channel anyway. Yeah, my, my dad, um, my dad's, a, his life is baseball. He gave up college for baseball. He was about to be in, signed to the Boston Red Sox for baseball. Then guess who the fuck was born? Me. Um, <laughs> that cut, crushed that shit. So um, he, you know, kind of forced his dream on me. And I played baseball for almost half of my life. Um, and I was just, one day I was training. I was like, I fucking, I don't like to do this. I don't know why the fuck. Never I'm mind. Doing no this. one comes this. to see baseball anymore. Yeah, uh, anymore. But at the time, it was it was pretty good. Um, and I, I was just like, I'm not happy. I don't want to play baseball. So uh, I tried hockey for like a week. Fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> I, I I've almost tried every sport. Every sport you can think of, I've tried, and there, nothing really intrigued me like professional wrestling did. Granted, everyone in my family is either a boxer, baseball player, or just um, on drugs. But we're not going to get See, you know what? That. That, that, that makes you <laughs> ideal for the wrestling business. You know, the drugs and the hitting in the head and the grandstanding. That's professional wrestling in a nutshell. And, and you know, like, <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't, I didn't recognize that my family was so fucking crazy because I thought everyone was, you know, you know, when you're growing up in a certain environment, you think that environment is sure, normal. Because it is. That's not the, that's, yeah, it's normal to me. And that was not the fucking case. You know, seeing my drunk great uncle at the front of the porch at my aunt's house, at my great aunt's house, so it, it was normal. I didn't know. I, he smelled like booze. And I was like, oh, it's just him, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so, um, but the funny thing is, I don't know exactly when I made that decision, but when I made it incoherently, 
when I made that decision, it kind of, it stuck with me. Because I've always wanted to be a wrestler, but I never really said that I wanted to be a wrestler, if that makes no, sense. No, no, I understand that. It's, it's a subconscious decision. Um, it's a, yeah. And it, it was, it was really just, you know, I'm going to fucking try this. It was one of those mm-hmm. moments. It wasn't really, I want to be a mm-hmm. wrestler. I always had that in the back of my head. You know, for my, you know, uh, Spider-Man was a big thing for me. Like, I dressed up like Spider-Man for, what, <laughs> seven of my uh, Halloween. So, I, I one, of, one of those days, one of my, on my birthday, I, um, my dad got me uh, a homemade Spider-Man wrestling Remain Mysterio mask, if that makes any sense. I don't, and that shit was the coolest shit to me, and I wanted to be fucking Rey Mysterio because of that mask. And, and, um, eventually, eventually I got a little older, um, and one day at my, um, one day at my mom's job, I was looking on her phone and I found, uh, I don't, you know what, I'll just say the promotion. I believe in wrestling. Do you want to be a wrestler? Call this, this, and this. We're in Orlando, Florida. Wait, I live in Orlando, Florida. I want to be a wrestler. Mom. You should totally, you know, <laughs> call this. Mom, me. there's some people who like, need money. Can I give it to them? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, thinking about it now, it's exactly what you said. But the funny thing is, for me, it was like I get to fulfill my dream. So it's, it's, it's really weird perspectives. Um, and, and my mom was like, you know, it's 18 and up, right? And I'm like, oh, no, but just try Just try Come on. Just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so my mom talked to him, explained I was 14 years old. And I wrote a two-page long page. Two, I, I, I don't even fucking know. It was a fucking biography, on, not a biography, but a fucking novel on why the fuck I wanted to be a wrestler. And they looked at it. I, I don't think they looked at it. I just wanted to. I, I just they I, I just think they wanted a reassurance a reassurance to my mom. Oh, they want to know why, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. The chat, um, chat saying, "What the fuck is he talking about?" I know I suck at talking. Thanks. Um, we'll but work on that. We'll, we'll get your promo eventually. up. Don't worry. <laughs> eventually, um, I was accepted. My first day was private classes with a man by the name of Jason Rance, and now. This is where it gets interesting because a 14-year-old me finally stepping in a professional wrestling ring. Wow. And I was scared shitless. <laughs> I almost shit my pants when I came in the ring. Especially, well, well first I got, a, I got a look at how it was. And then the second day, I actually started training. But what, it, what is pretty funny is the man that we, I, I talked about on, my, on the first episode with this guy named Devin O'Neill. Sammy Callahan was there. He was training, um, and I didn't know who he was. I thought he was fucking Rhino, because <laughs> that's what he looked like. <laughs> um, but eventually, um, I got to training. Um, you know, typical stuff: hammer locks, lockups, all the all the the whole thing of what you need to know. And it was good. It was good. I kept coming back once a week. Once a week for about three, once a week for about two two weeks until um, I was subjected to normal classes because I was only doing private classes, so it was just me and him. And 
I found I, I met my best friend out of out of that those classes, and um, you know now he's one of the dudes I talk to almost every day. But it was really interesting. I, I don't I can't really pinpoint the experience of what I was feeling in in those I guess first classes was it, it was it was three it was about three things one holy fuck this is awesome two I don't know what I'm doing three I'm scared so you can kind of guess my guess my thought process um chaos sure uh, <laughs> um eventually uh, three months later um I had my first ever practice match with my best friend, and that was garbage. Looking back, it was probably the most shittiest shit I've ever watched in my life. That it, I don't know if you know the YouTube channel World Famous Flea Market. No. Um, they basically make fun of bad wrestling. Um, that must be very content rich, then. Oh my god, they have two hundred thousand subscribers, something like that. It's funny as hell. Um, but it deserves to be on there. Um, but it. I guess the funny thing is for that practice match, um, Ricardo Rodriguez, Teddy Hart, and uh, who who the fuck else was there? Scott Hall were all there mm-hmm. watching my first match. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, Scott Hall wasn't paying any attention. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, um, I guess basically. They they critiqued the match, you know. For your level, it was great, and it was like, uh, yeah, 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 blah, yada, yada, yada. And then promos straight after. And at this point, I was a CM Punk mark, um, like everyone at that at that point, um, like every I, I twelve to fifteen year old. Yes, he never did. He um, never did anything for me. I just anything with a Pepsi logo, I immediately ignore it. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I wanted to see how I, I, I wanted to be the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. I actually have that promo on recording, which is pretty funny. But, um, basically, from that point on, I knew this, I'm going to make something out of this. I need to make something out of this. I, I didn't know, but I knew I wanted it. I knew mm-hmm. I wanted it real bad. And things happened. <laughs> Um, drama just started. It's really bad. And, it, it, and the funny thing, I had nothing to do with it. I had no idea that drama was even going. But there was this, every time I came, there was this just overwhelmingly, this, this like blanket of dread in the room. I don't know how to explain it. But it, it was just like we were just going through the motions. And I didn't really feel like I was progressing and learning at all. And um, like I said earlier, um, my best friend uh, is very, very wealthy, in fact, extremely wealthy. Um, he, got, uh, he got the opportunity to uh, check out this new promotion that's coming up in Orlando um, at, at the time and said, hey, you should probably check this out. You know, they got all the cool indie stars coming and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I made it over there and I checked it out. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was at the time better than what I was get already getting because of the over- overwhelming amount of dread that was happening and it was affecting my training. And at this point and still now, 
I don't want to get into any of the bullshit. I just want to learn how to wrestle and I want to learn how to perfect it. And that was not being given to me. In fact, one of the trainers, I'm not going to mention, um, I, I guess was he was on the phone and he was like, what? All right, I'll be right there. And it was about the drama. I had no idea about any of this. He just walked out, middle of training, just walked away. And it was just four students. Just what, what the fuck just happened? Like he just walked away. And he, we never saw him again for about an hour. And another trainer came in. Hey, um, the trainer left. I'll be training for you for like the next 30 minutes. Because that's all the time we had. Just, <laughs> just thinking of it now, what a fucking situation to be in. But I, my ignorant ass, had no idea about anything. So eventually, my um, this supposed trainer... Um, he gets word that I'm, tra- I, I guess, I'm starting to train at this other promotion. Um, and he finds out that my best friend, who are who is also training with him, is at this other promotion training as well. And I guess he has this whole territorial thing where if you're training at, I, I, I was told it's loyalty from a couple people. I was told that it's just him. I, I don't know. But he found a big offense to um, me and him training over there. And recently I was told that he felt that this dude, the, the guy I'm um, training under now, stole stole us. Stole us from him. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know what you I don't know what you what your opinions on that. My uh, opinion is is that if this man is not paying you, you are not indebted to him in any way. That's why we call it professional wrestling. You're in this to make a profession from it. Yeah, and, and he um he got really offended. He got really offended, and um, he told us that he did not want he didn't need us anymore, and that you know we can train with him. He doesn't care. Uh, you know, he gave up. Whatever. What a fucking girlfriend thing to do. That's um, yeah, yeah. They you said, went and took your money and put it into him, and how dare you? And I did all these things for you. And the fact remains: how long did you train with him? I trained for him about a year, one year. You trained for about a year, and you are not making any money doing this. Nope. Just he training. has failed. You owe him nothing. And now we're getting close to the hour mark, so I think we're going to have to pick this up on the next edition of the yeah. podcast. What do you think there, Robert? Well, I think it's a very, very – this was a very interesting episode. This was very it, it was, quite. So um, for all of us here, uh, we hope to uh, – you know, you join us for the next episode. I'm Yell yeah. Chaos. You can find me at Twitter at Yell Chaos, Y-E-L-L-K-A-O-S. We hope to talk to you soon. Robert, say goodbye to the nice people. Um, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, stream. I'll see you.